joining us on Facebook, Facebook Live. We thank you for being a part of our service today. Second uh, Kings chapter 5, we're going to finish a series we started about four weeks ago called The Power of Yes. And we'll be talking about how powerful your yes is. And let me just review for just a minute because 2 Corinthians says this, that in him all the promises of God, they are in him yes and they are in him amen. All the promises of God, not some, all the promises of God are in him yes and they are amen. In other words, God has already stamped your life with a yes. How many of you believe that God has already mapped out your life? If you don't know that, you need to know that today. The Bible says that the steps of a good man, they are ordered of the Lord. Ordered is past tense. God's not trying to figure out your life as you go. He's already got your life mapped out. And here's what he says about your life. Every promise is yes and it is amen right here, right now. And so you need to know that God's favor is on your life. His blessing is on your life. What we need to do is we need to match his yes with our yes. I'm going to try that one more time. We need to match his yes with our yes. The message paraphrase about this says this, God's yes and our yes working together gloriously evident. So if God says yes, but you say no, it ain't going to work. Because God won't force you to do anything. He didn't create robots. He created people. And we have the ability to say yes and no. In fact, I would argue this, that your greatest commodity, the greatest thing you own, the greatest asset is not what's in your bank account, your portfolio. It is not your net worth. The greatest asset you have is your ability to say yes and no. Listen, yes got you in this room. Amen? No didn't get you in the room. Yes got you in this room. Right? You're in South Florida because of a yes. Amen? Now, part of it might have been no to the north, but, but you had to eventually say yes to something. So yes got you in this room. And so there's power in yes. And so we need to just match God's yes with our yes. And we've been talking about that over the last couple weeks. And, and it's a powerful principle. And I want to talk to you today, just a real practical message about how do we really move forward, take the next step, all right? If you're in 2 Kings chapter 5, this is an incredible story of a guy named Naaman. And I just want to read it starting in verse number 1. Here's what it says. Now Naaman, commander of the army of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master because by him the Lord has given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. Now this is the introduction of a guy that plays a very small role in the word of God, right? We only see a glimpse of his life, but yet in the very first verse, God goes into great detail to describe him and it really kind of puffs Naaman up. I mean, it says this, hey, he was a commander. He was a soldier. He, he, was, he was highly favored. People liked him because of his skill, his ability to win battles. He had won some battles, right? And then the Bible says this, he was a man of valor, but he had an issue. And the issue was he was a leper, right? So this issue had to be dealt with. But in looking at Naaman's life, watch this, you can tell this was a man who was disciplined, right? 
You don't get to where he's at. You don't get to his level. You don't win victories by being lazy. Can I get a good amen from somebody, right? He's not a lazy man. This is a disciplined man. If you went into Naaman's garage, come on now, everything was in the right spot. This was a man of order, a man of discipline. He didn't sleep in to the crack of noon. This guy was up early. He was fit. Everything seemed to be just right in his life, except one thing. That one thing is, is he's a leper, right? So here's what he does about it. He hears about uh, the possibility of a man of God who can heal him, cure his leprosy. So let's skip down to verse number nine, because he goes to meet a king. The king tells him about a man, a prophet by the name of Elisha. He ends up at Elisha's house, right? Verse number nine says, The Naaman went with the horses and chariots, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious and went away. Indeed, I said to myself, He will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord as God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. And then he's like, are not the Abana and the Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage, right? Now watch this, verse number 13. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, Wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. What an incredible, incredible story of Naaman, right? He gets to the man of God's house. The man of God doesn't even come out. Strike one. I'm offended already. I'm offended already. He doesn't even come out, doesn't even greet him. Here is this commander, this army, you know, guy who, who had won incredible battles. He thought he'd at least get enough respect from the man of God for the man of God to come meet him. And then his thought was that this was going to be this incredible thing, like, like the man of God's going to come out and he's just going to go whoosh, you know, make some kind of noise, take his jacket off, wave it over the guy. I mean, you know, do something like just out of the ordinary and then tell him, hey, if you just do this thing that's so difficult that nobody's ever done before, I mean, if you could just do this thing that's so incredible, I mean, I can see you're, you're, you're a commander, I see you got servants, there's horses and chariots, you got some money. I mean, he had all these things, and he's just going to tell Naaman to do this thing that like nobody else could do. Then, then the miracle's going to happen. But what Naaman found out is it's easier than you think. I said, it's easier than you think. Come on. And so Elisha, instead of coming out, just said, hey, go dip down in the muddy Jordan River seven times. And he's like, it can't be that easy. It can't be that easy. I mean, there's got to be a better river. There's got to be something more fantastic, more miraculous. It just can't be that easy. Right? And he gets all angry and he starts to ride off and the servants are like talking to themselves. And they're like, would you look at this knucklehead? He is about to, 
bypass this incredible miracle, right? And so they nominate one guy, <laughs> you know, he picks the short straw and he has to go tell Naaman, hey, don't kill me, my father, but if he'd have told you something difficult, if he'd told you something like incredible, something fantastical, wouldn't you have done it? Why not give easy a try? Come on, somebody. Why not give, why not give easy a try? Why not just give easy a shot, right? Because what I found out is disciplining yourself is easier than you think. It's easier than you think. We make it so difficult. We make Christianity way too difficult. Man, we had an incredible 21 days. We were meeting here, and, 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 and Friday night, Pastor Jay, come on, man. That was a message Friday night, man. It was phenomenal. It was one of the best messages I've heard. My wife goes, you said that last year when he preached. Well, I'm like, well, I like the guy, man. I like him, okay? But Friday night's message was so practical and just so easy to follow. And here's what he said. He said, we make Christianity way too difficult. We make following Jesus way too difficult. Here's what Jesus said. He just said, follow me. And if you don't know how to do that, you follow somebody who is following him until you figure it out. It's really not that difficult, you know? I mean, somebody asked a guy named Dr. Young E. Cho who built the largest church in the world, right? Largest church in the world in Seoul, Korea. said, how did you build that church? And here's his answer. I pray and I obey. Come on. There's got to be a little more to it than that. Sure there is. There's a little more to it. But that's the main thing. It's really not as difficult as it seems, because I know people, they'll go to every conference, chase every celebrity pastor, go to everything just waiting to hear some incredible, incredible thing. Oh, and somebody comes up and just prophesies. If that will get up and pray for four hours, then that will see the power of God. And you just fall out in the spirit and just think like, ooh, now my life's going to change. No, it ain't. It's not going to change. You ain't been able to do 30 minutes. How are you going to do four hours? But maybe if we just learn some keys to disciplining ourselves, maybe it is easier than we think, right? Maybe it is easier than we think. Can I just tell you some things to say yes to today? To learn how to discipline ourselves to really move forward with God's will and God's plan. I just want to give you two things today. And the first one is this. If you'd control your calendar, you'd control your life. If you control your calendar, you control your life. I really believe that with all of my heart. Control the calendar, control the life, right? When we hire people here at Grace, I talked to them about the calendar. I said, look, we're a spirit-driven church. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe that the Holy Spirit goes this direction. We go that direction. He says go this direction. We go that direction. But we put things on a calendar, we got meetings, we got events, we got deadlines, we got things that got to get done. So guess what? You better learn how to write things down and put it on a calendar. Listen, we need to harness the power of our calendar. Do you know what somebody taught me years ago? They said this. They said, before you put anything on your next year's calendar, 
When you get to the end of one year, you look at the next year, schedule all your vacations. So what I started to do years ago is I started to get to November, I look at this next year, and I write down every vacation that I want to take. Woo, hallelujah. And then ministry, right? And I never struggle to find vacation time. It's already down. I just got it. I got every day off marked. I got every vacation marked. I know when I'm taking them for the whole year. And then I schedule everything else. Amen. And so I never have to fight to find time to, to go away or do other things. I've already got put it on the calendar, right? You just got to learn how to work your calendar. Somebody, somebody did this. They started putting on their days off. They started writing in the word nothing. Nothing. Right? So somebody would ask him, well, hey, do you have an opening on Friday? Are you doing anything? He said, I'm doing nothing. And the guy said, great. Well, let's get together for lunch. He said, no, I'm, I'm doing nothing. <laughs> and the guy said, awesome. This, this will work out. Well, let's, how, you want to meet at noon? He said, no, no, no. I'm doing nothing Friday. He said, I know. That's why I want to get together with lunch. He said, no, let me explain it to you. On Friday, I've got nothing scheduled. Woo, hallelujah. How many of y'all like doing nothing? Do I have any homebodies in the room? Yeah. My wife and I, we do this a lot. We go, what are we doing tonight? Nothing. Where are we going? Nowhere. Woo, hallelujah. After 21 days of fasting and prayer, I can't wait to stay home tomorrow night. Don't even call me. It ain't going to happen. I'm not talking to nobody. So we have those moments, right? But then you fill in the other things. And you just have to learn how to work your calendar. And here's what you do. You put it down on the calendar, right? You put, remember I talked a minute ago about first steps? You put first steps down on the calendar. And watch how God changes your life by you learning how to write stuff down on a calendar, just put it down. Next week, Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, first steps. I've signed up for the next six weeks. This is what I'm going to be doing, right? That's the only way to accomplish anything. You're going to go to the table out there, grab a connect group, connect group brochure, and you're going to look at it and go, okay, Monday nights, I'm going to go to this connect group, or it's Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, Thursday nights, Friday nights. We got them for every night of the week except Saturday and Sunday. And so you just get together and you say, okay, when can I go? Sometimes we got them during the daytime. We got nighttime groups. Find a group, put it down on your calendar. Don't say to yourself, I think I might, maybe I will, should I, I don't know. Right it down. You'll never do it if you don't write it down. I told my wife one time, I went and had lunch with a guy, and he said this. I said, do you still ride motorcycles? He said, yeah. I said, what's that like? He goes, oh, man. He said, I get that on the motorcycle, and in 30 minutes, the cobwebs are gone. And I knew exactly what he meant. And I went, huh, huh, that sounds good. Now, I'd written like ATVs and AT, you know, four-wheelers, and back then it was three-wheelers, anybody old? And so we got three-wheelers and four-wheelers and motorcycles. I've ridden those as a kid, but I hadn't ridden one in, in 30 years. So I was like, this is good. I'm going to get my motorcycle license. So I went home and told my wife, hey, babe, I'm going to get my motorcycle license. And she goes, because she believes in me, right? She believes in me. And she goes, you are not. I said, no, I'm going to. She's like, yeah, right. And we didn't talk about it again. Meanwhile, I went online 
I found out where they're getting classes, and I signed up and I paid for the classes. And a month later, I kept telling her, hey, babe, I got a motorcycle class. She's like, yeah, right. You don't. I said, no, I do. I'm going next week. And she's like, no, you're not. And I said, yes, I am. I've signed up. It's on the calendar. And I drove away that Tuesday. And an hour later, she's like, where are you? I said, I told you where I'm at. I'm getting my motorcycle license. She said, you are not. I took a picture of the motorcycle. And I sent a picture of the motorcycle to her. And she's like, wow, you're really doing it. I said, I know, I told you. I put it on the calendar. Come on now. You see, sometimes, we're, listen, if you're too busy, you're too busy. And here's what you need to do. Outside of what nine to five is necessary for you to make a living, wipe everything else off the calendar and say, okay, God, what do you want me to put on this calendar for, for me to fulfill the plan and purpose of God for my life? Everything else can wait. All the hobbies can wait. Everything else, hanging out with anybody, doing anything else can wait. All the sports, all of the, the running around, the rat race, all of it can wait. I've wiped the slate clean. I know I got to make a living. I got to work. I got to have a job. Job. But other than that, now, what do you want me to put on this calendar? Amen. Amen? Because too many of us are living life from the back seat of the car while somebody else is driving. And we're letting other things control our life. And we're letting other things take us to places that we really don't want to go to. And because we haven't learned how to control the calendar, it feels like life is just spinning out of control. And you're forced to do this and forced to do that and forced to go here. And it just seems like, when can I get a break? Well, listen, you need to get your hands back on the steering wheel and get a hold of your schedule and saying, from here on out, I refuse to just let other things or people dictate where I'm going and what I'm doing. From here on out, I am going to serve God and I'm going to get my hands on this wheel and control my schedule. Hallelujah. And here's what you put at the top of that schedule. You ready? You're going to put your alarm for the morning and you're going to spend time with God. And you put that at the top of your list. More important than the vacations, more important than anything else you would do, you wake up 5.30, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, whenever it is, and you say, for the next 30 minutes, I'm opening up this book, I'm going to pray, I'm going to spend time with God, I'm going to let God speak to me, I'm going to have my devotional time, and I'm scheduling it, and I'm putting it on the calendar every day, every day, and watch your life change. Listen, you have to control your calendar. And the next thing I want to give you that, that's going to help you discipline your life that you need to say yes to, the next thing is this. You'll, you'll never change your life if you don't enlarge or grow your circle of friends. If you only hang out with the same people you've been hanging out with for the last 30 years, telling the same stories, the same dumb jokes, the same this, that, and the other. I mean, they're the only people you ever hang out with Listen, you're never going to grow. You can exist. You can have some fun. You know what I'm saying? There can be some reminiscing, but you're never going to grow because we only grow with our joinings. Do you hear what I'm saying? You only grow where you're connected. 
You know that you were born with the same amount of bones that you have right now. But fortunately for your mother, they weren't that size now. How did they, how did the legs, how did, how did they get so big? Some of us stopped at some point. Others of you giants kept going. But how did it happen? Well, wherever your joints are, there's this thing called a growth plate. And that growth plate helps you grow. But where's the growth plate? It's at your joints. It's connected there. Your bones don't grow in the middle. They grow where your joints, that's where it comes. So the Bible says this, we grow by that which every joint supplies, Ephesians says. So you only grow by your connections. That's it. You don't grow any other way. You grow through your connections, connecting to God and connecting to other people. You were not created for isolation. We talked about this last week. You were created for connections. And you have to be willing to embrace new relationships. Last night, my wife and I went out to, you know, Friday night, Pastor Jay preached a great message. And so he texted me yesterday and he's like, hey, you want to go get dinner? And I said, I don't know if it's safe to travel. It's freezing out there. <laughs> and so the roads may not be clear. It could be icy and snowy. You know what I mean? I need to check the weather report before I'm going out in this weather. And so I'm like, it's 40 degrees. You, that's, you can't live in that. So... So he's like, you weenie, come on. And so I, he literally texted me that. So we met for dinner, my wife and I were there, and so it was my wife and I and Jay. And I've known Jay for 20 years, and my wife says, hey, tell us some stories, because Jay was connected to Bishop Tony Miller, who's been the bishop of, of you know, the network of churches that we're connected to, and Bishop's been with us, but Bishop passed away in January of last year, and so I said, tell us some of the places, and he began to tell us some stories, man. Like he's like, hey man, I've been to Fiji. In fact, I know that Jay's been to nation after nation, probably 40 nations, probably every state in the United States. And he's only in his like early 40s. And he began to tell us, he, was, he goes, man, we were in Pakistan. And we were driving in a van to go preach at this rally. And man, they had to close the curtains because they didn't want to see two white guys driving around to cause suspicion. And it is possible. And he said, the day we flew out, the very next day, there was a coup in the nation and they shut the entire nation down. We got out just barely, just the day before. If we had waited one more day, we would have been stuck there. And so he began to tell us all these stories. And then my wife goes, well, how did you how did you even connect with Bishop? How did you connect with him? And he said, well, Bishop came to preach at my college and he just gave an altar call for people who really want to make their life count. And I went forward at the altar call. And I was last to be prayed for. And he said, and Bishop prayed for me. He laid his hands on me. And this is what he said, if you ever want to travel with me, Here's my email. You just let me know. Come on now. And so he emailed him, and he said, hey, I don't know if you remember me. I was the kid. He's 20 years old at this time. I was the kid in line. And Bishop said, well, here, I'm going to England such and such a day. If you can get there, I'll pay for everything else. And that was the beginning of the relationship. And the next thing you know, they traveled to another nation, and then another nation, and then Bishop, who was pastoring Cluiston at the time, said, why don't you move down to Cluiston, become a part of our ministry, and then Jay followed him to South Carolina, then to Oklahoma City. Now Jay's the president 
of, of a Bible college, has a PhD from ORU. He travels the world, travels the states. How did this happen? How do you get there? That one connection changed his entire world. Watch this. Him walking forward, one altar call. That one yes. And then saying yes to go into England. And then yes to come into close. That yes changed his life. Listen, I know that sometimes it's just easier to default to no. Some of you default to no. You want to go somewhere? No. Want to do anything? No. You want to meet somebody? No. I really, I really don't want to do that. I understand that. You need to change your default status to yes. Yes, I'm just going to say yes to everything. I say yes to everything, and then I figured that my wife and the Holy Spirit will tell me when there's a no. You want to go somewhere? Yes. Where are we going? Brazil? I'm on board. And then my wife was like, no, no, that's too long. And I let the Holy Spirit deal with her and then deal with me at the same time. But we need to change our default status to yes. Connect group? Yes. First steps? Yes. Volunteer for roses and widows? Yes. Come on now. Yes. Because I don't know which yes will be the connection that I need to change my entire world. There's going to be a yes that I say. It may not be the next one or the next one or the next one, but it may be the very next one that I say yes to that changes my entire world, the trajectory of my life, every relationship that I ever make after this point. It may be just that one next yes. I'm going to ask Billy to come forward today. We're going to pray for you, but I want you to do this. I want you to do this. I want you to think about two things, two things today. I want you to think about, first of all, what needs to change on your calendar? What needs to change on your calendar? Right? Because something needs to change on your calendar. Something needs to change. People are too busy. I mean, I've met people that they're running the kids to five different sports, doing a hundred different things. Come on now. And listen, we know what that's like. We've been there. Our kids played sports. It's like, what in the world? Practice, practice, practice. Club this, club that, you know. But something needs to change. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to take a hard look at your calendar. I get the nine to five. I get it. Make money. I understand. I understand we have to make money. And there's nothing wrong with that. Everything right about that. So I get that that's going to be on your calendar, and it's going to be the majority of your calendar. I get that. But here's what I want you to put at the top of your calendar. I want you to put time with God at the very top. I'm going to spend my mornings with God, whether it's 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour. I'm going to spend some time reading my Bible and praying every day. I'm going to schedule it. Not, let me just see when I wake up how I feel. You can't change the world like that. You can't change your world like that. Put it on your calendar, right? And then would you do this? Just begin to look at the rest of your calendar and go, okay, here's what needs to come off my calendar. Here's what I need to add to my calendar. If you haven't signed up for First Steps, I encourage you to be part of First Steps. I really encourage you to join a connect group, right? Meet somebody. That person that's sitting next to you at connect group, sitting across from you at connect group, that may be somebody that's got a key to a door that's supposed to open for you. 
Do you hear what I'm saying? And so that's the second part. Embrace new people. Embrace new people. Listen, we all have lifelong friends. I got lifelong buddies, and you, you know, we send each other funny memes and text messages and videos. We all have those people. But I need somebody new in my life. To this day, I still, I still believe I'm going to meet somebody this year that's going to open up a door that, that's never been opened up to me. And I have to say yes to that. I just can't always say no to that. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a minute today? Thank you for joining us online. If you're part of our Facebook community, thank you for being a part of that this morning. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining with us. Would you do this today? If you're in here, I want you to take an inventory of your life on some level. I said a minute ago, I really like staying home. My wife and I, we like staying home. We like each other. We like being with each other. I like my kids. But you can't change the world from your couch. You have to go out and meet new people. Right? So I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a minute. And I want you to just think about who you need to connect with and how you're going to connect with them. It's going to start, I believe, it's going to start on some level by putting something on a calendar, a class, a connect group, time with God. It's going to start with that. Because you could be the most disciplined person in the world in so many areas of your life. You could be another Naaman. I've got all of, all of the box checked. I, I, I'm a disciplined person. I've got some victories. I've won some battles. I have the respect of those that I lead. But if you don't have certain things on your calendar that are easy to do, easy to do, the easy things, waking up, spending time in prayer, it's easy. It really is. It's not hard. Going to first steps, going to connect group. Listen, this isn't groundbreaking stuff. It's easy stuff. You just need somebody to come along, like somebody came along with Naaman and said, why not? Why not give it a shot? I'm not asking you to do something crazy, something difficult, travel the world. I'm saying... Would you put something on your calendar and you would you be willing to meet somebody new? All right? Can I pray for you today? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, for every person who gathered here today, listening to my voice, I pray for them. I pray for them. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, let me just ask you for a moment. If you've never surrendered your life to Christ, maybe you walked into these doors for the very first time and you would say, Pastor, I feel disconnected from God. I feel away from God. I don't feel that I have a right relationship with him. But I would like somebody to pray with me right here, right now, to ask Jesus Christ to come into my heart, to forgive me, to wash me clean, and put my feet on a new path following him. If that's you today, 
right where you're at right now, would you just raise your hand very high and say, Pastor, that's me. I want to surrender my life to Christ. I want to know that things are right between me and God. I'd love to pray with you right now. Amen. Now, I asked this of the first service. I'm going to ask it of you as well. We sang this a minute ago. I may not face Goliath, but I've got my own giants to face. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I've got some giants I need to face, and I need God to answer a prayer, and you may be the most disciplined person in the room. It's not a lack of discipline that got you here. You just need a miracle like Naaman needed. You just need a miracle like he needed. I believe God's got a miracle for you. Listen, my wife and I are going to stand with you because we've got a situation. Would you stand to your feet today if you say, Pastor, I'm facing something that I I really need God to intervene on. I need a miracle today. I, I just need a miracle. I just need a miracle. Hallelujah. Now watch this. Watch this. Keep standing if you need to stand. But look at me for just a minute. We went to dinner last night with Pastor Jay. And we began to tell him a little bit about what we're going through. And we got stories. How many of y'all got stories? I got stories. We all got stories. And so we began to tell him some stories. And then he began to tell us something. And he told us something last night. And he goes, you know, I feel like, I just feel like the Holy Spirit's telling me this. And he gave us something we had never heard before. Nobody had told us about it. Nobody had taught us it. Something that is in Word of God that I've read a thousand times. And when he said it, it's like Cynthia and I went, that's it. That's it. Now, listen, the Holy Spirit in my private time didn't give me it. He gave it to me over dinner with another human being. That's the power of connection. Come on now. That's why it's important for you to get connected. That's why it's not just you and Jesus. Come on now. It's not just you and Jesus. You need people. Amen. Who knows when somebody's going to sit across from you and go, I hear the Holy Spirit saying this, and that will change your life. Can I pray for you today? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, Father?